Kara Oliver is a member of Belmont United Methodist Church in Nashville, Tennessee. She received her MDiv at Vanderbilt Divinity School and has been writing and editing at the Upper Room for many years. She is the executive director of the Center for Spiritual Formation. I'm Dale Clem, and today's topic is body prayer and yoga. So, Kara, welcome. Why is body prayer so important to us? Hi, Dale. Well, because we have bodies. <laughs> it's as if God created our bodies and call it good, isn't it? Exactly. Yes. I think we've just so lost sight of that. We're so focused on our heads and our minds. And in the church, we talk a lot about our spirits, but we have these flesh and blood bodies that I think also contain a lot of wisdom and can really help us pray more deeply. It seems to me that sometimes in our way of thinking, we think we have the spirit life and that spirit is outside of us. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere else out there. And so it's kind of maybe even a new concept for us to think that the spirit is within as well. Yes, I think ruah is breath. The Spirit of God is That's in, a Hebrew word, isn't it? Yes. Ruah. It's in every inhale and exhale that we take. When you first start thinking about body prayer, is it breath that you start thinking about? That's where I start, yes. Just paying attention. Even if you just take a few breaths and notice how you're breathing. Is mm. your breath shallow or is it deep? Sometimes you notice that your inhale, it feels almost like ragged, that when you inhale and exhale, it's almost like you're hyperventilating if you're in traffic or something. And so I think just to pay attention to what is my breath like and can I make the next inhale and exhale a little bit longer than the last one, your whole body, your whole nervous system begins to calm, begins to be more present in this moment. So we're using our breath and we're trying to calm ourselves down. Why is that prayer? Mm. Well, I'd love to share this quote with you. It's from an upper room book called Creating a Life with God by Daniel Wolpert. He says, just as we are able to reach out to God with our hearts and minds, we are able to reach out to God with and through our bodies. For it is through our bodies that we see and experience beauty, love, joy, peace. It is through our bodies that we know the ecstasy of the divine fire burning in our hearts as we enter more deeply into prayer. It is through our bodies that we meet the one who came in a body to dwell among us, heal us, and help us to know God. There's this big theological word called incarnation. That's right. And that's kind of what this quote's about, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, even as I hear that quote that I'm familiar with, I think about the way Jesus touched people to heal them. It wasn't just words or prayers to heaven. He was mixing clay and he was touching people's bodies. Jesus wasn't afraid of bodies in the way a lot of our culture is today. I think when I travel in other countries, I realize how much space we think we need in America, our private space, because mm, yes. I get smushed in Italy on the subway. I'm going, oh, this is a little uncomfortable. Yes. You know, there was a great exhibit. I, I grew up in Indiana at the Indianapolis Children's Museum when I was young. 
you could stand in a set of footprints and then there were like six or seven more footprints that got progressively further away and it named which culture. Mm. So that in some cultures, the footsteps were very close and then in others, they were much further away. It was a beautiful exhibit. I think there's a lot of studies that teach us how we need touch. We need touch. Absolutely. I think it's mo- those studies that I've read are most obvious in infants. Yeah. We're using our breath to pray to calm our bodies mm-hmm. down, to realize that we're uncovering the divine spark mm-hmm. within us. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I, I do want to say a word about permission, <laughs> that I think touch is essential to vitality and to our human experience. But that should always and only be if folks have permission Thank to you. touch. Yes. Whether that's a yoga teacher, a family member, a friend, a colleague, I just want to be careful that I'm not making too broad of a statement. So we have breath. What else do we bring to body prayer and yoga? Yeah, I think the next step for me is prayer postures. And that could be as simple as sitting in worship on a Sunday morning and to notice some people it's very natural to lift their palms either in their lap or to raise their arms as they sing. For some people that's very natural. But I think even to experiment is I say the Lord's Prayer And I bow my head. Do I experience God differently than if I say the Lord's Prayer and I open my arms wide and look to heaven? The very postures that we inhabit, you know, the Catholics who kneel regularly, that's intentional to lay prostrate before God. The very form that our body takes impacts the way we both offer and receive prayer. In our culture, we're scared to do what the Bible calls us to do, which is prostrate ourselves before God. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if you look at in the Bible examples of prayer, that's certainly the way they did it. Yes, yes. There aren't many spaces where we're invited to do that. These Protestant pews and (laughs) wood benches don't invite that. And in Methodist churches, we don't have kneelers as a rule. And That's so right. my Episcopal friends, when they come to my church, they say, well, we'd like to come here, but we don't, we want to kneel. Mm-hmm. They need to kneel. It's just that, that prayer posture is important Absolutely. to Absolutely. And then maybe, uh, you know, at least in our Methodist church, you know, we do have kneelers for communion. And so I think some places that's incorporated and really powerful and important for people. That's good. What do you do with your hands when you pray? Mm. In this season of my life, my hands are often cupped in front Mm -hmm. of me, either in my lap or in front of my heart, just a posture of receiving. But I also practice centering prayer quite often. And one of the teachers that I read about centering prayer said, if you're feeling wide awake, you can put your palms down Mm. on your legs to ground you. If you're sleepy, have your palms up. I mean, it's just as simple as that that can affect your attention. Yeah, as simple as having palms up or down. When I pray, um, when I'm in a sitting position and I'm trying to listen to God, I can't do it if I don't have my palms open. Mm. It just doesn't work right. I've got to just do that because that movement Mm -hmm. is important to me. Yeah, I think even as simple as I meet with a group of um, mothers of preschoolers about once a month. And I get to lead the prayer at the end. And we gather in a circle and we pray with our eyes open. Again, it seems a small thing, but everybody's inclination is to close their eyes and bow their head. 
But when we're praying with these mothers and their children, if we look at each other as we're praying for safety and for health and to know that we're loved and we're looking in each other's eyes as we pray, it's a totally different experience. What about yoga? What is yoga? When I um, hear about yoga in churches, some people always came up to me and they said, is that right to do that in that Eastern religion or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a common perception and I think a misperception. Yoga is actually a practice. It's an exercise or it's a spiritual practice, but it's not a religion. It can be practiced by anyone, a believer, a non-believer, a Christian, a Hindu. Yoga is a practice of listening to your body. And again, for me, it's about that slowing down. And so I think I would make a distinction. You know, one of the crazes, at least in Nashville, and I assume around the country, is hot yoga. So there is very athletic yoga, yoga that's about learning the next new posture or the craziest pose or who can be the most bendy. But yoga in its purest form is about slowing down and integrating body, mind, and soul. And for me, I found yoga at a time when I was experiencing depression. And that practice of slowing down and realizing, oh, my shoulders live up by my ears because I'm afraid or because I'm sad. Or as I laid in the final pose, Shavasana, I could feel my stomach finally relax, that I didn't have to be tense. And even when I first started practicing, I would cry at the end of every practice because I would hold that to be strong, hold it together all day long to be a good parent, to show up at work, and then to practice yoga and pay attention to my body and where I was carrying that anxiety and to release that to God was holy and healing for me. That is really remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're resting in the presence of God. That's right. So in yoga and breathing and posture, you're trying to rest and you're trying to relax and be who God created you to be, mm-hmm. to uncover that God in you and just rest in God's presence. That's right. One day I was, we, we have yoga at my church. So on Wednesday nights, my son would go to choir and I would go to yoga and we'd meet up afterwards. And on the drive home, my son was probably in elementary school, and he said, why do you do yoga? And I said, you know what? For me, it's prayer. Mm -hmm. With every inhale, it's the Holy Spirit coming in, and with every exhale, it's anxiety and worry going out. And he was 8 or 10. He was like, okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) Sure, Mom. But he asked. And I was able to say why that was important to me. And actually, in 2014, I broke my leg. And my daughter, who was in middle school probably at the time, said, Mom, what are we going to do if you can't practice yoga? Because she knew that practicing yoga three times a week is where I let my anxiety out, where I had my prayer And so she was very worried about my state of mind and body and soul. That's great because you knew that through that relaxation, that practice, Mm -hmm. that discipline, you let go and you're a better person. Exactly. And a better parent. And a better parent. (laughs) We carry around so much anxiety that we're not even aware Mm -hmm. of, you know. That's right. We just carry it in our bodies. and, Mm -hmm. And by having that discipline of letting it go, if you play the piano, if you don't practice a day, you notice, and if you don't practice two or three days, 
the audience Other notices. Other people notice. That's and right. And the same, I think, with prayer for me. If I don't pray a day, mm-hmm. I notice. If I don't pray two days, I notice. And if I don't pray several days, everyone will notice. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the same thing yeah. with yoga. I think that's right. And I think beginning to pay attention to the body, I was just at a retreat, an upper room retreat a couple weeks ago, and I led a body scan inviting people to just notice if their jaw was clenched, if their shoulders were hunched. And at the end, several people said, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just a human condition. I didn't know that that particular person was clenching their jaw, but so many of us are. We just need the reminder that God is with us in this moment, and we can relax. Yeah, that's a wonderful message. Mm-hmm. Anything else you'd like to share about body movement and prayer? I think I would just encourage people to try, whether that's alone with a video on TV or to find a teacher that someone recommends. It's really intimidating to try something new. Or if you have an image that yoga is something for experts, It's really not. If you find the right teacher, anyone. So I just encourage everyone to to try it. I know for about a decade in my life when I was younger and my knees worked better, (laughs) I did a combination of yoga and tai chi, but I didn't even know what it was. And I wasn't very good at any of it, but I just had statements that I'd said. I I would Mm. begin, you know, by reaching up to the sky and Mm. inviting the divine down to the earth. And I would just do these movements back and forth. And I would just try to let go of anxiety. And and then my last part was more like uh, intercessory prayer. I would do the pulling the bow Mm. on one side and then the other. And with each pull, I would pray for a different person in my family or in my church that I needed to be praying for. And that was just really a big part of my prayer life. Right. Every morning I would get up and I would do these stretches and exercises and I I wish I could do that again. Maybe you're in you're being here today is going to inspire me to try that practice again. I would love that. Let me know if you do. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening today to this podcast. Thank you Kara for being with us and I hope everyone has a blessed week. Thank you. <laughs>